0: Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday being brought to you by Fordo's Productions. I am Anita Helm. I want to thank you all for your prayers and your encouraging words for when I went to speak about business relationships to Towson University. Thank you for everything and encouraging. And I believe that the Lord's will be done. I also want to thank you because I have heard from some people seeing emails and conversations when you all who are faithful to the Lord and who love the Lord and are disciples and learners of the Bible, when you go and speak to people about wanting or having interest in me coming to speak to them, I don't have to do much of anything but just make the call because your testimony and your witness for Christ, is, it's just, it just allows me to just walk into situations where people know you and know your heart and know that you are learners of the word of God. And that when you say that someone would be a good teacher to come and speak on whatever the topics are, you are the greatest publicist. The Lord has just found favor that he's given to me because of you. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Um, and let you know that I really appreciate your thoughtfulness to consider me. Also, last week, we all learned about the passing of our dear brother and and a teacher, a great giant of a teacher, Reverend Dr. Charles Stanley. And Charles Stanley and the In Touch Ministries have been such a blessing to us and will continue to be a blessing because the word of God does not return void. Even when the messengers of God have gone on to be with the Lord, because that word is still fresh as though Dr. Stanley has said it today. So I'm just telling you for all the saints of God who have gone on to the Lord, that their words are there in book form or in media, whether it's a video or audio or wherever you're hearing it, that's a wonder of the Lord that he's allowing their testimonies through the Holy spirit to continue teaching and equipping all of us as saints. And I just praise God for his ministry and his witness. And I pray for his family to receive the encouragement of the Lord and comfort in their grief. And everyone that's going through all of these things that you start to see And what the Lord and the Holy Spirit is trying to share with teachers and pastors and all the people, evangelists and teachers all over the world is he's trying to equip the saints until we all come into the unity of faith. We're not there yet, but this word needs to be proclaimed. And just as Dr. Stanley or Reverend Helm and all those people who have gone, we who are still here, who still have the breath in our body, we have to do our part to share what thus saith the Lord. And tonight why can't we sleep is an opportunity to share and encourage some of you, some of you, because more and more people in my life that are my friends and family members, colleagues are not sleeping. And even people that I have met this in the last year or so, I met them almost a year ago and, and they expressed that they weren't sleeping a year ago. And I asked, are you sleeping any better? And they said, nope. I'm not sleeping any better. And some people have medications or dealing with severe and chronic insomnia. Some people have rhythms that have been out of whack for years and they are just accustomed to less than five or four hours of sleep a night. And if you don't know, lack of sleep leads to greater risk of obesity and heart disease and cardiovascular disease and diabetes and even cancer. There's a lot of things that go on when we do not sleep because God fashioned this body to rest, to lay down, to actually have a moment where we give hours of time for that body to just adjust and reset and do whatever the Lord programmed it to do. We can all say we don't want to sleep and we're not sleeping, but there are consequences of that. And I want to talk about not only spiritual things that are happening, but some emotional and physical things that are happening when we cannot sleep. Now, let me tell you something. When you are believing the lies, of the devil and the liars of the devil, it causes you not to sleep. And remember, Satan's whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your ability to even lay your head down at night and sleep. Lay your head down and rest and have peace. It's all part of his plan to steal, kill, and destroy. But let me tell you some scriptures tonight. Because I want you to understand that when it comes to our sleep and why we can't sleep, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of our mind and it's a matter of our surrender. Yes, there are people who have medical conditions where the medication is causing you not to be able to sleep. And I'm not discounting any of that. I'm not discounting the fact that there are people in depression and there's chemical alterations and all kinds of things. I'm not discounting any of that, but some of this is a spiritual warfare and it's people who are stressed and de-stressed and discombobulated and all of the things that they're feeding themselves in the daytime and in the nighttime is too much, 24 seven of too much garbage. You may not believe me, but we're going to start to see some examples in the Holy Scriptures. So let's go to Psalm 4, verse 8, and I'm going to read it out of two different versions. The New Living Translation, I'm going to read it out of there first. In peace, I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. The New English Translation says Psalm 4:8. I will lie down and sleep peacefully, for you, Lord, make me safe and secure. Now, that is the teaching of the Lord from the Psalm. Now, think about this. No matter how much money you make, how rich. You may think you are in possessions and titles and lands and entertainment world, or people know your name and all these things that we say, the American dream or this wealth and prosperity. That does not mean that you can sleep. The late Michael Jackson was considered the king of pop. The late Michael Jackson's name was known all around the globe. He could sing, he could dance, he had fashion statements, he had the talents and gifts of singing and performing, and he had no ability to lay down and sleep at night to the point that he had to have an anesthesiologist drug to put him down and forced his body and his mind to completely shut down as though he was under an anesthetic surgery a slumber that was when you go to take you going to get surgery yeah. and even we saw that he died because it was such a too much for that small little body and frame to the point he overdosed on that drug but he was using that drug so he could sleep so it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are if you are unable to sleep There are things going on in your life that you just can't sleep. And it has nothing to do with the wealth or poverty of any of us. It's things that are in our soul that are not at rest. Now let's go to Psalm 121 verses 1 through 8. The word of God tells us that we just read in Psalm 4, 8 how we are supposed to lay down and we're supposed to trust God, but the Lord in his spiritual form up in heaven does not have a requirement to sleep or slumber. Even though we're made in his image in this flesh, this flesh needs to rest and lay down. And we saw that Christ, when he was both deity and having human flesh, he did lay down, he did sleep. But now that he is up in glory at the right hand of God, the father in his glorified body, and he's that spiritual being, he no longer needs to sleep or slumber. And that's why when you see out of Psalm 121, you're going to see, What is going on? And I'm going to give you a comparison of those who are able to sleep and those who can't sleep, and what's going on. And we're going to start out looking at that comparison in Psalm 121. In Psalm 121, verses 1, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. from this time forth and forevermore. So those of us who trust in the Lord and show and understand what is being said in in Psalm 121, verses one through eight, here's why we can sleep. We believe in our heart of hearts that the Lord is our help, that when we have something going on in our life, whether it's a trial or a test or situation or circumstance, he's our help. He is in control of every facet of whatever is gone before what is going on now and what will go on in the future. He controls it all. That's why he says heaven and earth. He is in charge because he made heaven and earth. So there's nothing happening that he's not aware of. He doesn't know about and he's in control and he's our protection. The word keep, he keeps, he protects, he provides He is the creator of everything and everything is in his power and authority. But see, the thing about it is, I think that we understand that it's not just that he's going to do those things today and and take a break tomorrow because he's got a a long day that he's had today. So he's going to need to take a nap tomorrow. He's going to have to have an extra long sleep because of the weekend work he had. It says that the Lord is will do this and he'll protect us going out and coming in from this time forth and forevermore. It's not that he takes a vacation to rest up from the hard work, he doesn't need that like we do. But here's why people can't sleep. Why can't we sleep? Here's why people just looking at Psalm 121 are not able to sleep, because we don't believe that there's any help from God or anybody but ourselves. If we don't figure it out, there is nobody to help us. We believe that what God says, he's not our help. We can't look up to him with our eyes because our eyes are on the situation and on the trial and the test. And we are the ones that need to figure it out because there is no help from God and there's nobody else that can help us. We also believe that nobody else can control or get this thing fixed and figured out, except for us. We're in total control of everything. And if we can't figure out how to resolve this thing, nobody can. And if we got to stay up all night long, if our mind have to keep racing, we're the only people that can help. We're the only people that have the control. And guess what? There's no protection for us. There's nobody keeping the vultures and the enemy away from us. All the evil that we see that can happen. We believe there's nobody else that can provide the protection or the help or can control it. And it's all on us. All the weight and the bricks are on us. Why can't we sleep? Because we understand that it was a problem yesterday. It's a problem today and it's going to be a problem tomorrow and nothing that we can see with our natural eyes, is going to change that. And because of that, we can't sleep. Now let's go to Daniel chapter 3 verses 9 through 23 to see an example of the word of God where we're going to have a king Nebuchadnezzar that in the midst of his sleep, he's the king. He has a lot of power and control. He has all kinds of Chaldeans and and people who are going to give him counsel and wisdom. So he thinks, but when he can't sleep, when problems get into his dreams, he overreacts in his emotions. He's furious. He wants to make quick decisions that are kill people, all kinds of mood swings because he cannot sleep. There are things that he thinks he's in control of. And when it comes to whatever he's seen in his dream and his sleep, he can't handle it. And he's trying to fix it. And he's trying to figure it out all without any knowledge of God, all without any humility. And all he wants to do is use his power and his power is just a destructive force. So let's start in verse nine of Daniel three. I'm reading out of the English standard version. This is King Nebuchadnezzar talking to the Chaldeans and those people who work for him are supposed to be wise men. Everybody around you is not wise when they don't know the Lord. Verse nine, if you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me. till the time change the times change. Therefore tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand for no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Wrong, wrong, wrong. There is a God, not gods. There is a God, the God, and he can reveal it to the man of God. Verse 12, because of this, the king was angry and very furious. Mood swings. Y'all have seen them when people can't sleep, haven't had enough rest. Angry and at the drop of the hat, will just turn. He was angry and very furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then Daniel replied with, the, with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree of the king so urgent? He's making rash decisions in lack of sleep and having troubled dreams and troubled in his mind, in his being. He's making rash decisions to even kill a lot of people. Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time. Give him some time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Now, you remember the Chaldeans and all the wise men had just said, there's not a man that can do this. Nobody's ever asked. No man can do this. The gods can't do this. But Daniel says, give me some time. What does Daniel do that you need to understand when it comes to why you can't sleep, which is where this unbelieving king can't sleep? And while Daniel is under the situation where he's going to see his own life is in danger, his friend's lives are in danger. But what does Daniel do, which is a key to why you need to understand when it comes to why you can't sleep. Verse 17, then Daniel went to his house. He didn't go to a club. He didn't go get some CBD. He didn't go get some special drugs and some special alcohol at at the club, at the bar. He went to his house. And made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. The people in his inner circle were believers. His inner circle had faith in the God that he was getting ready to pray to, and he wasn't by himself. They, as a collective, were gonna go petition the Lord and pray in one accord. Be careful who you have surrounding you. When you have foolish, and evil people and people that don't know any better than to do the evil things that they see and hear and are involved in. Is it a wonder why you don't have any wise counsel? Why you can't go to sleep at night? Cause all you hear and surround yourself is with foolishness. But these were his companions and he told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. Even when you have prayers that you need to pray to people, You need to pray to God, but you need to ask people to pray with you and for you and so God can work through you. They need to know some specificity of what they're praying about. This weekend, somebody came to me on the bleachers as I was watching the game and they said, Anita, can you pray? I didn't know them very well. And I said, what am I praying about? Give me some insight. What am I praying about? And he's telling them, we need to petition God concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel. When did it get revealed? How did it get revealed? Daniel prayed and talked to his companions, but Daniel went to bed. He went to sleep even though his life was in jeopardy, he wasn't up and frazzled. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. He went to prayer with him and his companions, but he went to sleep. And when it was revealed by God, it was revealed through a night vision. It says here, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever to whom belong wisdom and might He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. The things that some people are being kept up at night is because they choose to think that they can reveal their own knowledge and wisdom. It's not going to work, baby girl, baby boy. It's not. You have to go to God, surrender your life to God, surrender the problems and the burdens and the trials and the tests and all those things that are keeping you up at night. You've got to hand them over to God. If you don't know God, you need to accept the fact that you are a sinner. Like all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You need to get a relationship with God. You need to cast over your burdens and your, your sins to him. Let him cleanse you of the sins and let him help you to understand these deep and hidden things that only he understands. Only he can carry. You can't carry all those bricks on your shoulder. It says here, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him to you. O God of my fathers. I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter." Now, what's the difference between those who sleep and cannot sleep? In the case of Daniel, it's not that we Christians don't deal with drama, that we don't have situations that are life-threatening, that are financially threatening, that are all kinds of things going on in our lives. We are not exempt from trials and situations. But God is saying, just like in James, they, they are gonna be for the purpose of helping us to grow and mature, to complete a work in us. Daniel realized that the power of life and death were held in the hand of God, that the knowledge of whatever was going on with this king's dream was in the hand and the knowledge of God. The hidden deep things were from God. And when he got that revelation, he praised God. He didn't go back to Nebuchadnezzar and say, Oh, it's on me. It's on me. It's I got the knowledge. He recognized that it was only because of the Lord. And he made sure that Nebuchadnezzar understood it was the God. It was God. It's not gods with a little G and a little S. It was God, the almighty God that revealed this. And he, God is the one that can act and settle us down in the midst of something that's very chaotic, drama filled, and calm us down not to be so emotionally overwrought like that king was. Daniel showed that he had wisdom and prudence is the words that they were talking about. He saw urgency, he saw chaos, and he had the presence of the spirit of God and the mind of God to talk to the captain Ariok and say, what's going on? Let me go talk to the king. And the king gave him time. And in that time, he used it wisely to go talk to his inner circle. And they prayed and God gave him answer. But look what happened to those that can't sleep. Nebuchadnezzar and all his riches, all his power couldn't sleep. He didn't have understanding. His cares and his power were used to almost kill every wise man in Babylon. He was just going to murder people because he couldn't get understanding. He couldn't understand what was going on. And all he could think about in his irrational mind that was furious and angry and upset was y'all gonna lie to me, y'all gonna lie to me. He was going through that kind of mania where he was just freaking out. It wasn't just his mood was, was emotional, he was making decisions that were going to cause people to die. And not having sleep was a contributor to that. He was seeking counsel from the wrong sources. Now let's go to Matthew chapter eight. We're gonna start with verse 20 and then jump down to verses 23 to 27. I want you to see something. Every year for the last five or six years, we've done Let's Get Connected, which is a, a event to help the homeless and the needy. What is going on is that even when you find that you don't have what you think are your needs, and a lot of people feel they have to have a home, they have to have beds, they have to have pillows, they have to have something that they can lay their head on. But I want you to see that before Christ talks about sleeping in a boat or this whole circumstance where he's sleeping in a boat. I want you to see that Christ tells his followers that even as the son of man, he has no place to lay his head. That means to lay down at night to rest. He doesn't have any fixed structure, any house that he can go to specifically that's got, Hey, welcome to Christ's house. He's saying to them that even not having a fixed infrastructure to uh, call his house or his abode. You saw where he went to Mary and Martha and Lazarus house. He was going place to place, staying where he could. But even that, and he even told you about the cre- the creatures, his creations, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. But he has to lay his head, even though he doesn't have a pers- a home of sorts. Some of you don't have the right kind of circumstances where you're living and you feel comfortable and you may be homeless or you not or you don't have the right home that you want but you still have to find that you have to lay your head down and rest. Verse 20 says, "And Jesus replied to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have lodging places, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head." Jump down to verse 20 three, because when you see this situation on the boat, I I want y'all to take away a couple things because we always teach these different lessons, but there's something I want you to see before I start. The disciples followed him on the boat, but Jesus went down below to go sleep. Now they've been with him all that time. And yes, he's performing miracles. He's the teacher, but he took the time to go rest. They didn't. They stayed up because, you know, they're fishermen. They know the sea. Maybe they want to talk about what happened on the day, whatever was going on. Maybe they saw a storm brewing and they thought they had to handle it. But they saw Christ go down below and go to sleep. They didn't follow him to go rest. They stayed up and they saw the circumstances of that storm coming. And then they went and came to get him and asked the question, don't you care that we perish? But I want you to notice something in this teaching that we may fly past. When they woke Christ up, he continued to lay down and he talked to them. But when you see how they behaved and don't you care that I, that I, that we perish, then he rose up. At first he was laying down. He was staying down in that laying down position and talking to them as they were waking him up. But then as he saw how they were reacting, overreacting the emotion, the distrust, the lack of faith, then he rose up It say he rose Because something in our behavior, when we don't have our stuff together, when we are fearful, when we don't have our act together, we don't believe that he's even paying attention. He's got to get himself in the circumstance and he got to calm things down and show us. He's got control. And even the reaction of the disciples, what kind of man can control to see? They didn't understand in all the things that they had seen before he had to control the storm and say, peace be still before they even recognized what was going on. And that's happening in our lives while we can't sleep. We're watching the storm, but not sleeping with the savior. We can sleep knowing that he never sleeps or slumbers. He's got it under control. He's not going to let you perish. Psalm 121 is true from this time and forever. But something about us needs to think that we gotta bring it to his attention. Do you understand that I am I don't have my money? Do you understand that I'm sick? Do you understand that I'm hurting? Do you understand? Do you care that I'm perishing, perishing? We have that same posture of distrust and our mind is racing because we think God don't have it in control. It says, and when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. In that natural body, after his long day, he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us. Lord, we are perishing. Now he's on the same boat. Is he really, are they really thinking all of them are perishing? Cause he's sleep. Are they thinking the creation of the sea that he created is about to kill the creator? Are they thinking that the father is going to let his son be destroyed by the waves of the sea, the water, the Genesis one, all the way through where he says, it is good. It is good. hes They're thinking that um, the created thing is going to kill the creator. That's what they're thinking. We're perishing. Why are you sleeping? They woke him up because it's like, we're perishing. We don't have confidence in what we're seeing is going to really be something that we can live through and people are not sleeping because they don't think they can live through bankruptcy. They don't think they can live through the sickness and disease. And if they do find themselves sick, when am I going to die? How am I going to die? How's this going to happen? Am I going to lose my house? Am i going to lose this. I'm going to lose this relationship. Don't you hear that we're perishing the things in our life that we care about are perishing. Do you care God? It says here, save us Lord. We're perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? You've, you've woken me up out of my sleep. He's asking, why are you afraid? There's distrust about what they are seeing in the storm to the point they have to wake him up and ask him, don't you care? And his question back, why are you afraid? Well, I'm, on, I'm on the boat. Why are you afraid, O oh, ye you of little faith? Then he rose. He said this, laying down. Why you 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 woken me up saying, "Don't I care that you're perishing? We are perishing." He didn't say. He knew he wasn't perishing. Then he arose, and he rebuked the winds and the sea. Those are his creation. He rebuked them. Even if Satan was trying. He knows Satan can't can't destroy him. He rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. And the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? Now we're going to Philippians chapter four, verse six through 13. I can't read all of that because of time, but I'm going to go to some key passages. We read these scriptures But before I start, I want to make something clear. Depression is real. Different disorders of the mind are real. Different chronic sleep disorders are real. There are physical conditions that people are taking drugs that are strong enough to mess up people's sleep cycles. All of that is true. So when you start to read these scriptures about be anxious for nothing. And those things, it's not saying that you don't need to get medical care, that you don't need to get mental health support, that you don't need to get uh coaching and people to talk to. It is saying that even in the midst of doing all of those things, don't forget your faith in God. Don't lose sight that there is an emotional and spiritual component to every part of your being. And yes, You may have been so discombobulated, messed up, stressed out, depressed, and whatever's going on, and the chemistry in your body is totally off, and you need proper medication and medical advice and counsel and treatment and and inpatient care, outpatient care. All of those things are true. Don't forget God in the midst of the whole spectrum of your full being and you getting to get back into what you need to be in balance. Because if you don't have God in all that you're doing, you're not gonna be whole. You're not gonna have peace. You're not gonna get everything in kilter. And some people are trying to do things, yeah, well, forget God. Some people are trying to say, I only need God even though my chemical is in balance and I've been told that I have this disorder and my chemistry is off and my DNA and things are going on and I have this issue and that issue. They don't have to be mutually exclusive from one one another. There are plenty of Christian counselors and psychologists and therapists and every kind of support, but don't leave God out of it. So in verse six, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. It's not supposed to be your constant companion. Get some treatment, get some help, get prayer, get support, get knowledge and understanding. But every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, I'm reading out of the Amplified, In indefinite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. You want to be well, you want to be whole, you want to be able to sleep, you want to not be depressed, you want to have balance in your life. Those are requests that you can talk to God. You want to find the right therapist. You want to find the right medication to help you stay balanced. You want to be truthful about how you're feeling. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of what, whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, here's a part about the mind. We hear this run of this list, but guess what? When you're running through this list, this list is not on 24 7 news cycles, this list is not on 24 7 playing video games. This list is not on 24 seven, watching Netflix and Amazon and Peacock and all of the 72 other streaming services that there are. It's not you 24 seven being on the phone or being in this activity or this sporting thing or this. You are having to have time that you spend with God. It says here, for the rest, brethren, whatever is true Whatever is worthy of reverence is honorable and seemly. Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Practice what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it and the God of peace of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. Christ asleep on the boat was untroubled, undisturbed well-being while he was asleep as the people had the eye on the storm. Now jump to verse 11. Not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want, for I've learned this whole thing about practicing and learning. Learning requires, in some of the things I'm learning in these different sports, muscle memory. We have to have faith muscles that have muscle memory. But Paul is telling you, I've learned how. I've learned how. How do you learn how? It's when you see James 1. Counter all joy when you fall into, because you are learning how to deal with the trials of your life. You're learning how to deal with the cares of this world. You are learning how that when Satan throws those fiery darts, you're going to have to understand how Ephesians six is the armor of God. You're going to learn how to use these tools that God has given you through the word of God, through the spirit of God, bring into your remembrance that word that you're going to have to hold up as you're going through. And then guess what? It's to guard your mind because when you can't sleep, it's not just your mind that's unsettled. It's that whole body, but that mind controls the things that are going on and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, but you're getting it through your mind, what you're feeding your mind. And Paul is saying, for I've learned how to be content. It's a learning process. And you learn because you have to understand what is teaching you. The word of God teaches you your experiences, your trust in God, your surrender to God of things that you cannot control. Daniel couldn't control, but he trusted to go to his inner circle. And we got to pray about this thing. For I've learned how to be content satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted In whatever state I am. You're in such a state you can't sleep. You're in such a state that when you have to go to work, when you talk to people because you have not slept, you're just winding around like some circle on a hamster, just going around, 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 around. And yes, you're doing stuff. Yes. You're, you're accomplishing many things but the state of your mind is not settled and you could tell because you can't rest. Why can't you sleep? Because the state of where you are is not in the peace of God. It's not in the tranquility. You're not undisturbed. You're not in a situation where you're untroubled and well-being, but you're all in everybody's mind on the outside. Oh, you got it all together, but you know, you can't sleep and you understand why you can't sleep. And he says here in verse 12, I know how. I know how to be abased and to live humbly in straightened circumstances. Who straightens them? God. Who straightens them out? God, not you. Stop trying to be the savior of yourself and everybody around you. God straightens out messes, not us. Straightened circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and to live in abundance. I have learned in any, in all circumstances, the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. Who did he learn it from? He learned it from the Lord and the trust in the Lord. And he said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me, What is Christ doing? He's empowering you and I. He empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me, infuses my inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Even when you don't have what you think you need, you got Christ. You can go to sleep. You can put your head on a pillow and rest in him. The last couple of scriptures, Proverbs 3 verses one through 10. I'm not going to be able to read them all, but read them because I want to do a comparison again. In the first few verses before you get into the trust in the Lord, I want you to see something and I'm going to read them, but then I'm going to say when you can't sleep, what's happening. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace. They will add to you. Let not mercy and faith, excuse me, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. When you can't sleep, and why you can't sleep, when you can't sleep, you are lacking the ability to pay attention and to focus. You forget things. So you're forgetting about God's law because you're not even thinking about it let your heart keep my commands. You're not even thinking about God's commands because all you can think about is how you're going to figure this thing out. You're not thinking about God's commands, what he says, what he, you know, uh, that he talks about, trust him, that he talks about, gives unto the Lord first fruits that he protect you, that he provide for you, all that. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about your commands. You're talking about the commands of the bill collector, the commands of your boyfriend or your girlfriend, the commands of the people. You know, it says here, for length of days and long life, you just got a diagnosis. You're not thinking about long life. You think about what the doctor said. The doctor done told you what your life going to be. you not not in God to have any control of your life. Who's God? Your creator. He knows the substance of your days out of Psalm 139. He knows exactly the, the, the pages in your book. He knows when he's going to call and take the breath of life out of your body. He knows how much time you have from birth to the hyphen to that death. But you believe in the doctor's. You believe in the diagnosis. You believe in the stage one, two, three, four. You believe in everything except for God. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. What you got around your neck? All your gold, all your jewelry, all the things that are your burdens. Everything around your neck is everything that you think God can't handle. He he says this yoke is easy. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. I can't trust you to have my yoke. You can't handle my yoke. You don't even know what's going on. Don't you care we are perishing? The disciples were on the boat. Don't you care that we're perishing? Same with you. You're going to hold that yoke on you because you don't think God can handle your yoke. You think your yoke is better on your neck than trusting God to be on his neck. Verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He says, go to sleep, get some rest, go to sleep. He got that. He's got whatever you got as your burden, but you like, no God, I don't think you handle this. I just don't think you understand what I'm going through. I can't go to sleep because you can't handle this. You should go to sleep because I'm going to stay up and I'm going to try to figure this thing out. God tells you he never sleeps nor he, ne- he doesn't slumber. Why should he? He doesn't need to. You do. We do. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Here's the crux of why we can't sleep. We think we're wise in our own eyes and we can figure this thing out. God is almighty. God knows the beginning and the ending. He knows everything. He says he's the alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He didn't say Anita. He didn't say Winnie. He didn't say Mary. He didn't say you, but yet we keep thinking that we got to trust and lean on our own understanding. We think that we are smarter than God and we have greater wisdom in our eyes than he has in his eyes. And here, fear the Lord and depart from evil. No, you know we're going to hold on to evil because evil is the only way you're going to get out of this. So you think you think you're going to have to do some, you going to have to go and do some stealing of some bank robberies. You're going to have to sell some drugs, sell your body. You're going to have to do some evil to get out of this fix. no, no you can't sleep because you're trying to figure this out and you're trying to think of the evil fast way to do it. And God says, no, but if you follow him and fear the Lord, he said it will be the health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Those are the type people can sleep. Because the contrary to that, they're not sleeping. I got to roll on. Matthew 11 verses 27 through 30. God says, come to me. I'm going to start at verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Again, this learning how. Learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable and gracious and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Now, Satan's whole purpose is for you to be sleepless. In the scripture that Christ tells you, he talks about this thief is to steal, kill, and destroy, but he immediately tells you what he's about. John ten ten, and they amplify it says the thief comes only. The whole purpose only is to steal, kill, and destroy. Why can't you sleep? Because the thief doesn't want you sleeping. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy you. Lack of sleep can kill, steal, and destroy you. But what Christ says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And when you see Psalm 4, 8 and you read where it says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. When we were children, we used to hear that that little thing that you go to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. We have to be children and have childlike faith to trust God. So we can go to sleep and rest in him. Trust in him. Believe in him. Surrender all of that burden to him. He loves us. If we are going to find rest, we find it in him. Satan's whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came. When you can't remember anything, remember he came and he's not sleeping on the job. He's praying on the job, praying that you will go to sleep and get some rest. I love you, Lord willing. I will see you next week. Faith graduates this Saturday. Praise the Lord. Be in prayer for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God.